0: Tulsa Titans are those in our city who aren't backing down. They stay positive when things look hard. They lead with integrity, even when it requires sacrifice. They take their family life as serious as their work life. This show features them to teach and inspire the next generation among us. Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local business professionals who are making a difference. I'm excited again today, I've got Leslie Klingenpil here. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: And you are the director of the Spring Shelter, so you guys minister to adult victims of of violence, stalking, uh, sex trafficking. Can you speak to some of that for us as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my official title is actually the director of advocacy and strategy for um, the Spring Shelter. We are a faith-based nonprofit who provides services to adult victims and their children of human sex trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. And so um, we have been in business for about 40 years doing the ministry and um, are excited to be adding that service to the community because it's a much needed um, service. I know human sex trafficking has kind of been the buzzword lately. Um, so we have we have seen an uptick in just awareness in that, but um, we've been providing those services to human sex trafficking victims um, for over 10 years.
0: No, that's wonderful. And Leslie, I know you've got a passion for this, but I also know what you do and you and I were talking about this kind of off the record is just emotionally draining at times. Yeah. So what's something that you do every day to kind of prepare yourself for that, that, you know, allows you to be successful in your role?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we do experience, uh, we are in the mess of ministry, right? We are in the mess with people coming directly out of, um, abusive scenarios. We have women come in seeking our help that are, you know, black eyed, bloody. So we see a lot of just hate, hurt and pain. And so it is emotionally draining and, um, you can experience compassion fatigue in our field, right? So you can just get tired of being compassionate as bad as that sounds, but, um, to actually uh, just avoid that one thing that I do, um, and it sounds cliche, but I really do start my morning every single morning in the word. Um, I know that that my source of um, strength does not come from myself, and if I try to live and, and change the world by myself, I'm going to burn out. And so every single day, I just go um, first thing in the morning to the Word, and I listen to it audibly, and just get my mind right for the day, and just and just remind myself of um, where my strength come from. Strength strength comes from, and it's not from myself. So that is that's my daily habit every single morning.
0: Well, that's wonderful. I know there's several resources for it, but you mentioned you listen to it audibly. Is there a certain app or a certain website that you use to be able to consume content like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I use the U uh, Version Bible app app that was produced by Life Church. Um, you can listen to. Um, I actually go through the Bible in a year every single year, so I listen to it daily um, through that. And then there's also video resources on there to understand what you're what you're consuming.
0: Well, that's awesome. Technology can be a great thing if you use it the absolutely. right way. Yeah. And so we're we're just getting into to 2021. Last year was different for everybody. Yes. Um, and I know everybody sets up their goals, but you know what is what are some of the goals that you have that you set? But more importantly, as you set those, what are some of the things that you've reflected and you really stripped away this year?
1: Sure. So personal goals or or professional goals or both? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So um, I am a big, obviously my title is director of advocacy and strategy. So I am big on strategy. Um, I love setting goals. I think that if you don't have goals um, and you don't know where you're going, you're not going to end up anywhere, right? You're just going to end up somewhere by accident instead of on purpose. So one thing that I do for our organization is that I do set annual goals. Um, We try to have about three to four, what we call pillars we use or goals that we use that we focus on and filter all of our decisions and everything through that and so a couple of um, those goals that we have for our organization is um, to do more outreach and advocacy uh, more outward facing services and not just um, reactive services to victims so we want to help prevent people from becoming victims right Um, we want to work ourselves out of a job i say not many people will say that but in our industry certainly we would like to Um, eventually do that Um, but personally again um, I have just made a commitment to I'm in my master's program right now and so I've given myself a goal to graduate with high honors in that program which will end um, in December and then it within that goal just includes a lot of time spent in um, resources and learning so
0: anything you are doing away with this year So things as you, as you consume more, you're going for your master's degree, there's things that you've actually had to reflect on and stop.
1: Absolutely. And I will say, I think it it was, for me, it was the opposite through the pandemic. A lot of people that were down, you know, um, locked down, there was all the stuff going on on social media of like the Netflix binges and everybody was, right? Like Netflix and Disney Plus, like they capitalized on these people sitting in front of their TVs. But for us um, and for our family and for myself personally, we just made a commitment to consume less of that um, and to make sure that we are consuming more um, of nature and more of each other, our family. Um, And uh, again, content that is um, beneficial um, and edifying for my, for my brain and for my mind and not things that are just mush, that make, add no value.
0: Right. It can kind of keep us, especially when things turn like they did last year, if we're consuming the wrong, wrong things, it can take us deeper into the hole that maybe others are providing for us to jump into.
1: Absolutely. An echo chamber. You know, I make a commitment to myself to often read things um, by authors and people that I don't really align with or that I don't agree with just so I'm ensuring that um, I'm not getting myself into a, an echo chamber and that I'm knowing why I believe what I believe, right? So So,
0: what is your, your why? Knowing what you believe. I mean, you've um, gone from several different leadership roles and now this is a big one. Uh, handling something that would break most people. Yeah. And so what, what gets you out of bed every morning? Why do you do what you do?
1: Oh man, I think, I mean, you know, again, I said it earlier, it may sound cliche, but I truly believe that there is a calling on my life that does not come for myself. That was, that, you know, is was gifted to me by God. And that is to use my voice to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. Um, so really advocating for the vulnerable, whatever that may look like, and really sharing the true hope that I believe comes through only Jesus Um, we, you know, we get the opportunity to meet basic needs for people fleeing situations. And that allows us to open up the door to talk to them about hope and freedom and their value and identity in Christ. And so I just remind myself that, that I get to do this, right. That I, that I, a lot of people don't get to do this. I get to do this and it's, it's an honor. Um, And I just believe more than anything that, that I have an obligation. If I have the hope that someone's looking for, I have an obligation to go out and share it, right? So that's, that's just what I get up every day, hoping and seeking the opportunity to be able to, to speak life and hope into to someone's life who has not had that um, maybe ever.
0: No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful what you guys do. And, and that explains a lot of your energy and optimism around what you are doing. Yeah. Um, but then you have a whole team of people. And Absolutely. so how do you take that same hope? Um, the same optimism and the values and what what couple things do you do to make sure that's distilled throughout the entire team
1: yeah, so we are very serious about our values here. You know, we we do, it's no secret that we are faith-based and that we really love Jesus around here. Um, we're not gonna shove it down people's throat and we do not discriminate on who we provide services to. We don't care what background, what gender, what religion. Um, you can come here and have a safe place and be loved. But um, how we just keep our team from falling into compassion fatigue and just keeping our eye on, I always say around here with our team, um, we gotta keep the main thing the main thing and um, we can't be distracted by everything else. And so a couple of ways that we do it, if you walked into our building right now, you would walk down hallways and we have our core values listed there. Um, you know, in big posters, um, nicely marketed, of course, with brand guidelines, but um, we have those listed on our walls. Um, We talk about them and I do coaching one-on-ones with with all of my direct reports and we're talking about how they're living out the values of our organization. Um, We also, I use a values-based management approach. So people in my decision or in my organization um, all across the board have decision-making power. And we use our values as the parameters, right? So these are the ditches. If it fits within our values and it's advocating and putting a guest first, then you can make that decision that needs to be made. Um, and so we we really just use our values to to guide us and to keep our focus on the main thing so that we don't get distracted or, or off course.
0: When you mentioned one-on-ones, and I know for especially a lot of young leaders, you can become busy. It's easy to stay busy, uh, especially when you're leading other people. Can you kind of explain maybe some of the the ways that you process the one-on-ones and what the value uh, to those one-on-ones with your team is?
1: Oh, absolutely. I am sitting in, okay, so it's no secret that in nonprofits, you have a job title, but you wear 425 hats, right? Like everybody is the janitor, right? Go grab a broom, clean up, you know? Um, But you can get busy with tasks, but I always just remind myself, and it really is helpful for me because I'm wired this way, but I remind myself that, that our people truly are our best ass, asset in our organization, um, and, and we've got to be about people all the time, and so um, I want to make sure as a leader that I've done everything I can to ensure that people feel um, cared for and that they feel empowered and that they feel like I'm for them. And so those one-on-ones just are standing calendar appointments that, that we, that I keep with my staff and it allows them a chance to come in. Um, we don't just talk about work. Um, I talk about them as a person first and help them set any kind of personal goals that they have and help equip them to do that. Um, and then we shift into work and it's really more com- conversational and less transactional. Um, it's just a time for me to get to sit across from a person and, and make sure that they, they know that I'm here for them and that I can that they have a place to tell me what they're thinking, because they are they may have a way better idea than I'm going to have, right? And if I'm not across from them and giving them a space and building that rapport, then I'm probably never going to hear about those things. Um, and people will just put their head down and and get busy doing the work. So um, yeah, I just keep those as they're on my calendar. Um, and, and we may not get to do it monthly, we may have to do it every other month. Um, but we do um, biannual performance reviews with one-on-one coachings along the way. So no one should ever get to a performance review and be surprised by what I'm saying to them. Um, yeah. Those are there for us to help keep a gauge on if we continue to need to do some work or if they're rocking it, then maybe I'm in their way and they need to move on and go do something better, right? So it really is to help um, coach and develop those those team members.
0: Well, I've run into a lot of leaders that are nervous about the the one-on-ones or the, the reviews, right? Uh, but people deserve clarity on their jobs Absolutely. they deserve to know where they're at. And when I run those, I actually get a huge sigh of relief because people want, you know, when you have good employees, they want to know where they yeah. excel or where they can work or how they can be better, right? And so yeah. I've always seen a lot of fruit of it.
1: Absolutely. Yes, I agree. I think they need to be used as a tool to develop and not as a, uh, you know, bad, they, they always get the bad review, like, oh, I'm going into the principal's office for the preference review. And around here, we we want it to be, it's really for you, the employee, so that we can help develop you and, and grow you and make sure you're in the right seat on the bus in our organization.
0: No, that's wonderful. Well, and so as you're pouring out or spending time with so many people, um, and then there's a lot of, emotional equity and just what you do. Um, Is there somebody that you admire or learn from, or are there people that you purposely put as peers or or leaders around you so that you're not kind of sitting there running dry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is actually key for me. Um, I do see a counselor, um, a a Christian counselor. I keep a standing appointment with her um, every other week, actually, and spend an hour with her every other week. Um, She's also a leadership coach. And so, um, we, I don't spend a lot of time with clinical stuff, but we do spend a lot of time you know, with leadership and coaching. But I also have um, a group of peers that are kind of, I guess, would be on similar levels as me, executive levels that, that we meet with once a month and go through books together, um, sort of like just a small group. Um, but I keep those appointments on my calendar as well, because it's very important for me to be able to go check out and and just process with other people who have the same view as that right like level of organization to help me see blind spots um and they have permission to speak into my life right they have permission i'll go and say am i thinking crazy about this and they can say uh yes you are and and i value their their input so uh yeah i um who do i admire man so many people i I don't know that I could pick one. You asked you know, I got to see these questions a little bit before. And I was like, I don't think I have a one. I've, I just, I really admire um, anyone who is serious about their calling and will stay planted even when it's hard. Because sometimes it gets hard and you're like, why am I doing this? This, I could, I could go somewhere else and, you know, go to Target and check out, you know, whatever, where I don't have to think and I don't have to deal with mess. So, yeah. No,
0: I feel the same. It's, it's so important to have peers. And then um, I've got a couple of just like you that, that I feel like outrun me a little bit or they're willing to take yeah. up all that more. And it, it reminds me to not give up, you know, when I'm running yeah. on emotional equity. And I find that too. I can go a lot longer physically sometimes than I can emotionally. I do want to dive into this um, because in a worldview, I think it's very broken. You mentioned going to see a counselor. My wife and I, I feel like we have a great marriage and we go to a counselor. And then yep. there are times that I sit with a pastor does some counseling with me, um, but the world says that that's only for broken people. And that's yep. just not how I see it. I see that we have professionals all over the United States of America that'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on business minds, but they won't go see anybody that studies emotions in the mind to help them
1: Absolutely. counseling. Yep. Yes. That is so true. Um, it, you know, it, it should not be taboo. It should not be. It has been, and I think especially in you know the the Christian circles, right? It's like, well, just pray a little bit more. Well, our minds are subject to the fallenness of this world, just like our bodies are, right? And I think to to you got to nurture something that's healthy to keep it healthy. Um, and it's not just for for brokenness and to be able to have a safe space to process that. And I think too, you know, you hit on that. Um, emotional equity and i think that that's something that's highly missed by leaders um to manage and to yeah to manage in their organization is the emotional data from their staff so we provide employee assistance um, and counseling for our staff as well and um, as an organization we cover that cost for them because it's so important that they that they pour into that as well and it, it really helps me to um, keep a gauge on emotional data as it comes from our staff. Um, you can't put that in a spreadsheet and quantify it, right? But but you've got to keep an eye on it and you've got to be mindful to provide space for that, for people to have those emotions um, and to it not be a bad thing. Well,
0: and this is very off the cuff, but I just, I feel that that somebody that's going to listen to this at some point may need this. And I get this question a lot, but who do I go to? And so since you guys have some partners in the community, do you mind naming a couple if somebody's like, man, I just, I really need to sit with somebody who are some of the organizations that you trust?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we actually use uh, Hope Forward Counseling. And my counselor's name is Brenda Black. If she sees this, sorry, Brenda Black, you might be getting some phone calls, but she's fantastic. And she has a team of people um, who... Can help there. She has several different therapists. She has male and female. Um, so Hope Forward Counseling is who we utilize. There's also one. Um, his name's Dr. Neiman, and I can't remember the name of his practice, but he's over at 51st and Sheridan. Um, he has a really solid team of people as well. Um, and and I think both of I know Brenda Black and her team are Christian, but they're also very trained to be clinical. Um, right? You don't have to be a Christian to see them. So those are two that we that we highly recommend.
0: No, thank you. I'm gonna write those down too and out of my list because I I get that a lot when you you yep. love people and they they need or they're in a scenario where they've had a scenario in the past that they really need somebody that's a professional. It's, yep. it's wonderful to have those resources.
1: Agreed. So uh,
0: I want to ask you one last question. You brought up, you know, digging in and leadership and reading and you're getting your masters. A couple books. So if you got shipped off to an island. And you had to spend at least a month there and you were gonna go back through a couple of books that have really blessed you. What would those be and why?
1: Yeah, um, number one, without a doubt, is Spiritual Leadership by Jay Oswald, Oswald Sanders. Um, I have read that book over and over. I have bought that book for ministry leaders when I was in my previous position at Solace Church. Um, just a solid, solid book. Um, I've read it multiple times and I anticipate that I'll probably read it more because it's just full of gold. Um, And then I think probably, I'm looking over here at my bookshelf, um, Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. It's an older book, maybe one of his, you know, one of his first ones, maybe, but really, really solid book. And I think it's really good. Even it's a good book for young people who are starting out in their um, journey to leadership. So those would be my two, probably top.
0: Well, wonderful. And if Leslie, if somebody's watching this and they have a question for you, Uh, and want to ask it. There's just so many ways that people try to communicate with us and some of them can be unaffected. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, Definitely email. If you send me a text message or anything like that, I'm going to read it and then forget it. So if you want to definitely email and um, my contact information is on our website, thespringok.org. But my contact is leslie.c at thespringok.org.
0: Perfect. When I post this, I'll put the, the website link too.
1: Perfect.
0: Well, everybody, thank you. This is Kelly New Age Solutions. I'm one of the partners here. And Leslie, thank you uh, very much for giving today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on.
0: That was a blessing.
1: Uh huh. Yes!